Hey guys, welcome to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimzeski with Adam Atkinson, and we're going to do something a little different. We, we have not recorded a feature in a while. Sometimes we interview guests, uh, but there's been something happening in the industry that everybody's talking about. Uh, I was just at the Nashville Fit Show, the IBB Pro League Fit Show, and that was a, a hot topic, and you and I have spoken about this a little bit, Adam, but... Um, there seems to be more people dying than usual. And, and I mean, uh, there, there, there seems to have always been maybe one person a year, like an IBB pro who dies backstage or on stage. It's, it's tragic. Uh, I have spoken about why this happens quite often at, at different conferences, science conferences, fitness camps. Um, but I, I, I'm assuming you, you kind of know, you know, the numbers and the stats. And it seems like there are some coaches who are becoming kind of known for a lot of clients dying on their watch. And let, let me, uh, before we get into the physiology of what happens with that, Adam, um, you know, without, I don't know, without, without being too specific, can, can you talk about what you're seeing and, and maybe even in, in your known history of the sport, uh, you know, what, what has this been like? Yeah. So <clears throat> just recently this year, there were two deaths um, all within, we'll say during the peak week. Um, most importantly, one of the deaths was in a uh, tanning booth backstage. And then there was a very close call with a female who collapsed off stage and uh as long as her side of the story and that's always you know and and that's why i'm not going to mention names is because you know i don't want to hurt anybody's business you know um you know we've we've all made mistakes in the industry but thank god i've never killed anybody right and, and we'll talk more about you know why we don't do these things um this competitor was on the phone with her coach and said, I have collapsed. I'm with medics. I need to drink Gatorade now. And he said, no, don't do that. You have finals tonight. <laughs> so, you know, it's one thing to put a client in that position in the first place to, to keep them in that position. And at that point, I think that that's just complete negligence to have a response like that. There's no show, no pro card. Even if you're at the Olympia, it is not worth being in that position backstage. Yeah. I, I have to jump in real quick here, Adam. I, I am not a physician. Um, and I wouldn't even say I'm a public health expert, but I am a health scientist. Uh, a doctorate in health education and one in nutrition, uh, an undergraduate pre-med allied health degree. So there's a reason when I started my career 25 years ago, I created a much greater emphasis on the science. If, you know, back before I started writing for a lot of the top fitness magazines, the old school methodology for peaking was all there was. So everybody would dehydrate those last couple of days everybody would go through a massive sodium load and then sodium depletion. Everybody was taking massive amounts of potassium on those days leading up right to the show and, and contest day when sodium was next to nothing. And, and as I mentioned for years, when I was trying to get people to understand that it's not even about health, it's just looking better to stay hydrated it's just normal physiology that you need sodium to draw water into the muscle cell. 
But I would always anecdotally somewhere in these lectures say, by the way, dehydrating somebody, taking sodium out of their body and increasing potassium in massive amounts is exactly how you kill somebody. Like that mm -hmm. is that is the formula for a lethal injection. And so to see this still happening in 2021, and, and I'm going to make some assumptions uh, when people are dying on contest day or during peak week, th those have to be those circumstances. There could be some underlying health issues. Um, you know, when you get into that kind of hypotension because of dehydration and, and lack of sodium, um, you know, obviously it's not killed everybody on the planet. It's not even killed 50% of competitors over time. Uh, so there are people who may be more susceptible, perhaps even just uh, the context of that week with less sleep. May maybe they took it even more seriously than a coach would intend. But, uh, you know, as, as somebody who feels quite a bit of responsibility for truth telling physiologically to our, our clients and, and our listeners and viewers, I, I just have to say once again, this is not about just being safe. You look better when you are hydrated. You do not have to make a concession by thinking, well, if I do it this way, okay, it's a little bit safer, but it's going to hurt my chances. No, it doesn't. And, and maybe we can spend a little bit of time going over that toward the end of our conversation, Adam. But I, I just remember even back when I was maybe a teenager or in my 20s, seeing an IFBB pro die once in a while, you know, the same thing. And uh, it's just bizarre to me that it's still happening, even even more so now. Mm -hmm. You know, the first thing that I want to cover is even if you don't die, like it's clinically proven um, a slight amount of dehydration um, can cause permanent kidney damage. So, you know, when these people are doing, you know, contests after contests like this, um, their health is really deteriorating, um, rather whether they know it or not. And uh, a lot of the blood work you get from doctors aren't necessarily going to be um, you know, you can check the bun and the creatinine, but there's going to be other markers. They're actually, um, you know, declining pretty badly that um, just aren't on a normal um, renal test when you go to your doctor. Um, so that's one of the negative things is, um, you know, this kind of gets brushed under the rug because it's, well, first, a lot of coaches don't look at lab work or health markers in the first place, but two, um, your typical doctor isn't going to really know to look at those markers to make sure your health's not declining, you know, show after show after show. And, uh, you know, secondly, um, Jake Wood had mentioned changing judging criteria based on this death. And I, I understand that these guys aren't, um, you know, in the health field, you know, um, in retrospect, they're not doctors, but just as you said, the, the criteria doesn't need to change the way people think that they need to peak people need to change. And, you know, I think people mean well, um, when you look at, uh, just, uh, diuretics in general, um, I know one of the really common phrases that nurses use is "ids make you dry." So there's a term called "dry" in bodybuilding, but you know, as you and I always say, use sodium and water to look dry. So I think these coaches hear that with drugs like you know, um, 
you know, any of the diazides or, you know, any of those ides are, um, you know, they deplete potassium and uh, they're diuretics. They pull the water out of your body. And just like you said, you know, when you reach a certain level of dehydration, especially when that mineral profile gets low, because um, potassium in high amounts can cause a heart attack and low amounts it can too. Um, sodium in low amounts definitely can. And, uh, you know, you have to be careful. And uh, first of all, there's no real reason to use these things to reach peak conditioning. Now, the argument I'm hearing is if you're on exogenous HGH, it does make you hold more water. Well, my thought is, is HGH is a really long acting drug. So why not get off of it before you compete? in the first place you know rather than take the most dangerous drug in bodybuilding um i'll literally come out and say like diuretics are the most dangerous drug in bodybuilding above insulin or anything you know you you said a few minutes ago that we're not gonna use names and i don't even know what these people like i have no idea who is doing this i i did hear some quotes just like the one that you mentioned there and, and I don't care about protecting somebody's business because a person like that should be in jail. I mean, somebody should be prosecuting for manslaughter. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that's just the truth. And I hope that happens. So people like that have no business being in this sport. It, it's why, even though I don't have a voice in the dietetics industry to legislatively prohibit coaching, uh, it is still illegal in most states to do medical nutrition therapy, which would include prescribing even things down to just a, a macronutrient base. So as I tell coaches often, don't do anything, don't say anything that you would not be comfortable defending in court because someday you may be there. Mm -hmm. And th this is a guy, I I'm assuming it's a guy based on what I've heard, is somebody who should be prosecuted for manslaughter. But let's get, let's get into what you said in terms of the, the health um, complications or contraindications that, that people may feel. I, I think on a client perspective, they just think, okay, if something like that was going to happen, I'm going to get these massive symptoms. Like I would know it. And th there are people who just die in their sleep because they get dehydrated, their blood pressure gets too low, you have that shift in high potassium, low sodium, and your heart just stops and you don't wake up the next day. Uh, it can happen with just walking across the stage. It's, it's not like you're going to have this warning if you're, if you're 65 years old with you know, congestive heart failure or atherosclerosis and you say, oh, you know, I'm getting that heart attack symptom, my left arm's going numb or I have pain in my jaw you're talking about your heart just not having the mineral and the hydration, you know, blood pressure support, and it will literally just stop pumping and you can be the healthiest 25 year old in the world and your heart is going to stop. And now you no longer exist all mm -hmm. for a bodybuilding contest when it's yeah. incredibly preventable. I mean, all you have to do is the thing that makes you look better anyway, which is to stay hydrated proportionally to what you can hold in your muscle tissue, the level of glycogen that you have in the muscle at that time, whatever, whatever peaking strategy you've used. Uh, and there's just no problem. There is no risk at that point. So, you know, I just want to say to those clients out there working with coaches who are that vociferously, dogmatically unhealthy in terms of what they're forcing you to do. And it literally comes across in force 
you will not do that. This is what you will do. You need to leave that coach. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not only an abusive relationship, but they are killing people clearly. Thousand percent. Um, in this particular case, too, Joe, they were using Aldactin and Bumex. So Aldactin is a um, sodium depleting diuretic. And then they're using Bumex, which is uh, just a loop. So, well, I shouldn't say just a loop. It's 40 times more potent than just Lasix. So talk about just complete mineral depletion, you know, and uh, a lot of these coaches don't even check in on their clients that much. You know, if this person even eats like licorice root backstage or licorice, they're dead, you know, with that diuretic because it's going to deplete their potassium even further. And uh, a lot of them just don't even know the medical um, reasons that these drugs are being used. They just think, oh, you know, losing 13 pounds in, you know, three days is going to make you look better. The bad thing is a lot of women fall victim to this because they just assume lighter stage weight, better look. And, you know, me and you know, that's not always the case. Well, you know, I had a chance to uh, to meet Sandy uh you know, at the Nashville Fit Show, and, and she gave a uh, a little seminar to some of the, the new competitors that, you know, this was a, a female-only show, and a lot of people were competing for the first time, and, I, you know, this may have been on her mind, but she didn't address it directly. She did say, with the bikini category specifically, that, you know, quote, we do not want glute ham tie-in visibility. Like you, you are too lean if, if you, if you are, are seeing that. But then, Adam, and this is to your point a few minutes ago, she said, but since so many women come in that lean, it's impossible to not reward that. Like, like how would that work? Let's, let's say you have somebody that's just almost, quote, too lean for the division. So even though that, that woman may be perfect in every other way. Do you say, oh, you were too lean. So now you get 43rd place. You're last because you just, you crossed the line. You came in too lean. Or do you say, well, we can't let you win. So we'll give you a second. So now here's the look we want. You were quote disqualified for being too lean, but you still blocked, you know, everybody else. Like, like what do you do with that? So something that you and I have talked about is no matter how many divisions we create to try and spread apart the division criteria and make room for hyper conditioning or not quite as much as Sandy said, the best physique just kind of ends up winning no matter where we put the criteria that's, you know, we'll, we'll hold that standard as much as we can, but when people are coming in that lean, it's, it's just, it's going to be a quantity that we can't deal with perfectly. So just like you said, the gentleman who said, we're going to look at this, you know, like this is the, this is the red line. We are now going to change the criteria. We do not want people coming in this lean anymore. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, again, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you, how do you institute a change like that? You know, I think honestly testing for dangerous drugs like that would be a really great option, you know, but then you could be really irresponsible with a lot of other things and uh, cause some problems. Um, probably not death, though. But I, I do think since, uh, you know, this is obviously, um, you know, I heard this was this coach's seventh death that he had had under his wing, which, you know, I don't even know why he wouldn't have quit after the first one or at least reviewed the protocols. And that's just 
you know, that's when I heard like, you know, don't do that. You have finals. I'm like, screw this guy. This is ridiculous. You know, and one of the only reasons I'm not mentioning his name is because, you know, I don't want to get sued for, you know, defamation and character. But, you know, however, you know, I think they should test for diuretics. And uh, unless you have an actual prescription, you know, um, from a doctor. <laughs> who's going who's gonna to have that as a young, healthy person? Or Exactly. And, and, and most people in our industry will not, you know, you might have a few master's competitors that are on a really low dose just, you know, because of some health issues or lymphedema or something like that, or, you know, liver, maybe acute kidney disease, but you're typically not going to see that. I think it'd be huge if they tested, you know, maybe just the winners, just the winners. So, um, or, you know, just pro card winners at that level. Well, um, I, you bring up an interesting point, And now I feel like we're kind of shifting into ESPN territory where, you know, if you're going to start testing for something, you know, I, I do agree. I mean, my gosh, if, if, if there are things being used that are just going to cause problems like this repetitively, there will have to be some kind of instituted ban like this. And it will it will create a, a testing scenario. But then where does it stop? You know, because right now, you know, it's it's just a, you know, don't ask, don't tell kind of policy. Nobody's mm -hmm. testing for anything. And as soon as they start testing for something, then the eyes are going to be on them and they're going to say, well, why aren't you testing for everything? You know, if these are illegal, you know, scheduled substances, you know, as they have been since the 1980s, then wow. So I don't know. I mean, I, I just don't think they want to open that can of worms, but it's, it, it would be the cleanest, easiest fix. I, I believe you're right. Mm -hmm. I think another thing would be like a curriculum for coaches to pass before they can even enter, you know, a, a client into a certain contest. You know, I know that would be difficult to regulate, but, you know, I, I really think that that's, uh, that's super important is, you know, these people are killing people. We got to do, we got to put our best foot forward to stop this. Well, you know, that's that's another topic that I, I think would be almost hard to not not just police, but enforce because there's there's a trend legislatively with more states actually reducing regulations. Uh, a state like Florida, for example, that once had the strictest legislation, uh, you know, that said you just you know, there were actual lawsuits against nutrition coaches and, and people giving nutrition advice. And now uh, the governor down there just wiped out more than 200 occupations that you need any licensure or certification for. And, and then it would almost be like the personal training realm, which is, OK, we have these places where you can get certified. Do you have to be? Is that a legal statute? Does anybody really check it? Who's going to police it? Who's going to inspect? Who's going to test? You know, I, I just I, I don't see that happening anytime <laughs> soon, if ever. Um, mm -hmm. There are countries, you know, you go to the Nordic states and perhaps places in Canada where they they do take collective safety and responsibility to a level like that. But I, I really don't think the U.S. I mean, we can't even wear freaking masks without causing a riot. We're, we're not going to we're not going to start policing an entire current currently unregulated industry. 
Mm -hmm. You know, I'm in one of the most strict states here. So if I didn't have a medical director, like the state board would completely be after me on, um, you know, and uh, luckily, you know, I'm licensed and, uh, you know, accepted by my state board through, you know, the diet doc, which is great. Um, but a lot of states aren't that way. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I believe that uh, I'm not sure the jurisdiction of where this coach lives, but I can imagine you know, if, if they knew they would uh, be after him for sure. Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point. We just this year were tested in that realm. And, and I will say it was even in Ohio. So one of our diet doc licensed clinicians um, received some kind of notification from the state board that said, Hey, you know, you're not a registered dietitian. What's going on. You, you need to, you need to send us some kind of proof of competency and so, of course, she did have that backup. You know, she's licensed through us. She's been through our curriculum and our support and our training. And our medical director and dietetics director have signed off on all, all of our practices and so forth. And, uh, you know, submitted that and, you know, it was over. But I, I, I do think if, if even more action like that was taken, um, you know, you, you could start at least creating a standard where people had to look at some basic level of certification. Um, but again, I, I just, I just think in mass, we're just never going to see that in the U S. Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, that's really hard to police, but the, there's gotta be something, a conversation had. Um, I think the higher ups need to even understand, you know, how, how, you know, horrible these drugs are that these people are being given and they, the judges really need to be careful with language. When, when I hear judges tell my clients, you need to come in drier, um, mm -hmm. it, it just alludes a language that can be heard wrong because my, my client thinks, well, I need to cut water because this judge told me that. I'm like, no, you need to lose like five more pounds of body fat and you will look drier or we just need to hydrate more so the muscle tissues push against the skin more. Um, this will definitely allude to our next uh, podcast very well, which is going to be on judging language. So I won't get into that too much, but um, that's no, you, another you, problem that I see in this industry. You bring up a great point. Just, just by kind of standardizing some language like that, I think judges, it, it would clarify some things, but let's, let's spend our last couple of minutes, Adam, and, and I know we have entire series and features on peaking and peak week and peak methodology and the physiology of, of contest prep, but let's, let's talk about specifically why staying hydrated and having an appropriate mineral balance does give you the best look. So explain to our audience, Adam, why somebody who's been dehydrating for two days gradually to the point where maybe just sips of water the last day what's happening to their muscle tissue versus somebody who just keeps a pretty standard amount of water in throughout, you know, all the way leading to the show. Yeah. So it's actually coming out of the muscle tissue. So, you know, when you're losing that water volume, you're getting smaller and it hits. Yeah. Your weight's going down, but you're, you're still holding that water in between the muscle tissue and the skin. And now the muscle tissue is retracting from the skin. Now it looks like you have even more water between the muscle and the skin, which looks like a layer of fat. 
So even though your weight's down 10 pounds, you're just, uh, I always like to use this as a uh, deflated balloon um, analogy, essentially. So if the balloon is your muscle, you know, um, now pull the air out of the balloon, or we could even say pull the water out of the balloon because you can make a water balloon. And, sure. you know, now you have this shriveled small muscle. Yeah, the, the balloon's lighter, but it doesn't look better. So, um, and then also with the minerals that really control where the water goes, you know, you're not, sodium really helps you store water in the muscle tissue and um, sodium, potassium work together. Potassium can start pushing it out of the muscle tissue in too high of amounts. So, you know, a lot of these recipes for disaster just don't make sense from a looking your best scenario either. Yeah. So what I would say, I'm going to go through the physiology for just a minute or two, but anybody watching or listening this, just look at your contest photos, compare them to how you look two days prior, three days prior, four days prior, and tell me how much of a genius your coach is when that coach says to, to take water out, drop sodium, et cetera. You know, you look worse. You probably look catastrophically worse. And yet, as soon as you start drinking water again, the next day or two, you, you instantly look better. Why is it that you always look your absolute worst on contest day? We're telling you, we're telling you the answer. It will not only save your life, you will look better. So as Adam is saying, too much potassium, as you start loading potassium, will, will create the same endemic response from your kidneys as too much sodium. You will start retaining water globally if you have too much potassium, yet you're still pulling that water out of muscle cells. And so not just out of your heart tissue, which is why these people are dropping dead, but out of your muscle tissue. So like Adam is saying, you're already dehydrated. Now you're even sucking water out internally. And so you look smaller, flatter, your skin looks thicker and, and just gummier. You lose every advantage you had. All you have to do is understand that, that water is going to flow through your body based, based on what your kidneys are doing regardless. Keep, keep your sodium, potassium normal, keep your hydration normal, and then control where that water goes and by how much by controlling your carbohydrate. That, that's what will attract water. And so understanding that, you're, that, that it takes 24 to 48 hours to fully assimilate glucose in your diet into glycogen in the muscle tissue means that you have to have some kind of progressive load into the contest so you can kind of find that ceiling. You know, where, where are you still getting full without, you know, spilling over? But you also have to leave yourself a little bit of room there so you don't reach that point and then you have no place to go. So this is why Adam and I talk so often about the progressive linear load or staying even more linear with just a little bit of progressive push at the end. But uh, again, I, you know, I, I just went over something in two minutes uh, that Adam and I have taken entire series to cover. So, so please, if you have any questions about why you still want to keep water, how you are going to control sodium, potassium to look your best, go, go, go look at one of those series or, you know, two or three of our series that we've done on peak week. And, and you'll, you'll find out how easy it is to not only look your best, but save your freaking life. Yeah. Most importantly, 
you know, stay alive so you can compete longer and make more progression. Um, that diuretic is not going to make you progress. It, you know, it's only going to make you regress, like you said. Um, and, and that's what drives me nuts. I'm like, are these coaches even looking at these photos? Because I, I countless times have during show days seen my bikini girls go into hair and makeup and look worse an hour after because someone was playing with their face and they weren't drinking water for an hour. <laughs> and that's just one hour. These girls are dehydrating for 48 hours and then taking diuretics on top of it. I, these, I guess blind prep coaches exist, you know, like I, I don't understand it just that bad well adam i really appreciate you uh agreeing to do a feature like this it was your idea in the first place so uh critically important for the health of our competitors and the sport in general uh we we want people to be healthy we want people to look their best we want this to be an enjoyable process and you know we we don't we don't i mean gosh the the, the longevity of the sport itself if if people start doing this all the time i mean think of what that's going to do for the the, the longevity of the sport itself. Uh, more importantly, you know, we want you guys to be healthy. So any questions you have, any, anything that we can do for you on a personal level, please direct message us. We would be happy to help and make sure you can stay safe. But as I said before, go, go look at some of the series we've done on peak week and hydration and mineral manipulation, and you'll have all the answers you need. So once again, Adam, thank you. And thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll see you next time in Contest Prep University.